Hello and welcome to another episode of BAM Sports and Entertainment. That's Boris and Matt Sports Entertainment. We're your hosts. I'm Boris. And as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you are doing well. Boris, another sticky hot one in Toronto. Uh, but you know what else is hot and sticky? The wrestling business, buddy. Yep. It surely is. It really is. <laughs> the wrestling business is, uh, it's doing something right now. Um, you Stop know, you know, yeah, it's so, it's so bipolar, you know, and, and we're getting the peaks and the, uh, the, the, the highs and the lows, right? Like at the peaks and the valleys, it's been yes, very interesting. And I think we'll get into that in the second half of the show, um, because on this week's Bam Sports Entertainment. We're going to be talking about the MLB and Barstool Sports. Is this a good idea? Is this good for business? Is this good PR? We're going to be talking about some local Jays news. We are going to be talking about the Olympics. We're going to be talking about Lionel Messi. Um, and then we are going to move into the wrestling section of the show. We are going to be talking about Ring of Honor and a lot of NWA and as a bonus, we're going to be chatting some quick dynamite thoughts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, lots happening in the wrestling business. But like you said, lots happening in sports as well. Uh, I don't know. Where do you want to start? Man, well, well, you know, I think we should get the uh, get the ball rolling. Matt, how are you? <laughs> well, thank you for asking, friend. Doing well, you know, not too much of an eventful day. Just took care of some things around the house. But, uh, you know, life is good. Hanging in there, slugging away. Uh, got my next few things planned on the schedule, you know. And uh, the balls are rolling, buddy. We're just, you know, just oh. continuing forward momentum, man. All the balls in the air. All the balls in the air. All, so, <laughs> yes, juggling balls. Oh, All these podcasts. Balls. Like so many juggling balls. Yep. Two, I suppose. Exactly. That's awesome, man. Yeah, things are going well <laughs> on my end as well. Um, was able to see the nep- the nephews today. That was a lot of fun. Nice. My uh, five-year-old nephew has so much attitude. So I'm staying at my parents right now because of uh, reasons. And, um, well, just, you know, just, just, anyways, I'm, I'm at my parents right now. And um, what's it called? Uh, so if we are having some audio issues... I am sorry because we are doing this over Skype. We will be doing these live every single week moving forward, hopefully. Um, but today we are on Skype. Anyways, um, so my littlest nephew, the five-year-old, he wanted to sleep over. He always tries to like tr- outsmart everyone and to stay over at my mom's place. And, uh, you know, when he doesn't get his way, he like has a tantrum. Today, my brother... Literally, not literally, I should, I should say, he figuratively um, put me under the bus, blamed me for him not being able to stay over, and boy, oh boy, did the five-year-old get pissed off. He didn't even want to look at me, didn't say bye. Oh. When I asked for a hug, he's like, no, not today, and turned around and just left. Oh, man, little kid guilt, the, the strongest and harshest form of guilt. Boris, yep. oh, that sucks, but yeah, man. Sometimes uh, you gotta bite the bullet, though. You know what I mean. At the end of the day, you are uncle and uh, not Papa Bear, and he's got to live with it. Again. Exactly. So, exactly. Gotta jump on that grenade. That's good brothering more than anything. That's you being a good brother. Yeah, but it's funny. Um, uh, trust me, I've I've jumped on plenty of grenades in my lifetime, my friend. <laughs> Gotta be done, man. Gotta be done. That's part of being a brother, part of being in a familia. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, I One day, I need to tell you the story of when I hung out with Ron Sexsmith's daughter. <laughs> Please do. Is, is that an off-air story? <laughs> That's a, it, it's, it's a, you know, we're going to tease this story for a little while. You know, get, get the listens All in, right. especially on the first half where we get everybody. <laughs> so before we get to business i want to thank everyone for listening um the sports digest seems to be a thing matt people like our sports talk and understandably so you probably don't want to listen to the wrestling chatter um and we were able to really promote the first half of the show to our wider uh friends groups and and whatnot right so i think we are going to be more moving forward with that i'm going to be taking these episodes uh the full bam episode you'll be able to find that on uh the bam 
uh, uh, feed and the SNME Radio Patreon feed, um, and then the Sports Digest feed. You should be able to find that on BAM. So, you know, it might be getting a little too many downloads for some people, but other people, you know, they just want to listen to the sports chatter. Some people want to listen to everything, where we are all about choice here in BAM, on BAM. Right on, man. Yeah, no, I, I like the idea of splitting them up if people enjoyed it. Absolutely. Yeah, we're just trying to find our audience right now and see what works for everyone. So, yeah, let's let's try that for now. And if, yeah, if it becomes too much with the downloads, we'll figure that out. But I like it. Yep. Speaking of those sports things, homie. Well, speaking of those sports things, let's 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 promote something for Sunday night's main event and Jason Agnew. And that is his awesome uh, get Today, he was able to interview none other than wrestling and MMA star CM Punk. Movie star, comic book writer, big time star, crossover uh, crossover appeal, this this uh, CM Punk, this Phil Brooks, he, we might be onto something here. Yep, yep, this kid's got moxie. <laughs> no, but obviously, it's an exciting time. It seems as though... CM Punk might perhaps, possibly, if you read the tea leaves, be coming back to wrestling, Boris. And obviously and arguably that's an exciting thing. It's an exciting time for wrestling fans. CM Punk, one of the greats, an, an incredible promo, incredible mind for wrestling. I think he's going to be just fine in AEW. I can't wait to see what he does, uh, if that's where he's going, of course. And uh, yeah, yeah, very, very exciting, man. It was, like you said, great get by Agnew. Dang, that was a surprise in the old uh, social media feed to see that just come up on my Twitter. I was like, whoa. Yep, yep. So that that's awesome. Um, for those of you who want to listen to it, just go to snmeradio.com. You'll be able to listen to the full interview. Please listen to it. It's a really good, uh, it's a really, it's short to the point and there's so much yeah. hit, like there's so much between the line talk i loved it yeah exactly you gotta read between the lines a little bit but of course cm punk's a very, very clever guy and yeah man it's a nice and easy listen 12 minutes not bad at all yeah all right so let's talk about sports and the one story that i want to talk about just because you know in my opinion the pr on this will be very interesting and that's mlb bartool sports they may or may not be in talks to broadcast games. Yeah, yeah. So what are your personal feelings about Barstool Sports without just immediately, like, getting us in trouble? Like, I, I mean, like, so you know what I mean? Like, what do you For me, I call Barstool Sports bro-stool bro sports. Like, you know, it, it for me, it, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's not the best place to have stuff i think that it's a bunch of bros doing stuff um you know yes. whether it be good or bad like there are some stuff on barstool that i do like um there's some stuff that barstool that i just cannot stand but that's media now right this is the culture we live in it's all about shock value for some um you know cancel culture for some and then it's like those anti-cancel culture people who want to go the other extreme right so you know it, it's you know but at the end of the day like i'm, I'm not sure because like you know when you think of the MLB, you're you're thinking that they're talking to the ESPNs of the world, the Foxes of the world, even the YouTubes and Facebooks of the world. So clearly, you know, right now MLB is in a in a um, state of mind where they want to get their product out there on the national level. To a younger audience, to a different audience, too, and I respect the attempt. But like you said, man, Barstool is kind of like like bro. That's being nice in a lot of ways. Like, to me, it's like Barstool is like the sports version of like a uh, Maddox or like uh, Tucker. What is it? Tucker Max was the, uh, the those old style of like bro humor in like the yeah. early to mid 2000s, which were really popular. Uh, that's kind of where Bar Barstool like lives in my mind. Right. So I don't know. No, here's I think it's like, MLB's pop punching down with this one pretty severely, it feels like. And I think the reaction is such online. Not that, like, obviously, like, there's, like, outrage mobs and you can't always take it too seriously. But I do think in this case, man, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, there are some pretty big skeletons in that uh, bar stool closet. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, and, and, and we need to remember this, Matt. And it's kind of funny that I'm going to say this. We're not spring chickens anymore, right? Like, no, we're sir. Not, 
we're not in our early 20s, late teens. Like, so th- there's certain stuff that we've grown out of in terms of our comedy and comedic uh, likings and whatnot. Um, and one thing that MLB is severely, where they are severely hurting is the 18 to 49 demo. So I feel like their talks with Barstool um, are really trying to gear up and, and improve their 18 to 49 demo. I think that's what they're essentially trying to do. They're trying to get the young people back into baseball. Guaranteed, 100% agree. But I think it's a misguided attempt, personally. I think it's going to be like more harm than good if they actually go through with it. And I think the reaction kind of proves that. It's not It's it's not just like your regular, like, we're like outrage for no reason. It's not outrage for the sake of outrage. I think this one kind of makes sense. I think there are some like bad things in Barstool's history. And like, yes, people and organizations can change and evolve. But like at the same time, I don't know that they have. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and what's weird is that like yeah. there are other good examples of of of, of um, trying to capture a younger audience. And I know this isn't the same audience, but do you remember back in January when the NFL simulcasted uh, their their playoff games on Nickelodeon? Yeah, exactly. And that's like obviously, like you said, it's not really close to the same thing in terms of demographic. But that's like an outside the box idea. That's kind of like relatively harmless and and good and like yeah I don't know yeah, yeah I, I, I I don't know I can see them going with the barstool thing. I can see them actually trying it for a year or two. But ultimately, I do think it's a bad idea and it's a mistake and it won't be a relationship that lasts very long if they do pull the trigger. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Like I honestly think that there are more creative ways to get the eighteen to forty nine demo. Hey, how about hiring some younger color commentators? How about hiring some, um, you know, some some new analysts and whatnot? Some people that w- that the young people can relate to. You know, there are ways to do this with your current contracts. I just feel like kind of batting and punching down to a organization like Barstool can actually hurt them in the long run just because of the baggage that comes with Barstool. Um, and as you mentioned, the skeletons in the closet. Yeah, exactly. And that's not to say like, if you listen to Barstool, you're an idiot and like, there's no merit to anything they've ever done. Like you said, but I just don't know if they're the type of thing that a major league sport should get into bed with at that level. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. Personally, I don't know if I do that. Yep. So speaking of getting into bed, uh, Lionel Messi has apparently agreed to a deal with PSG Paris Saint-Germain with a free transfer. Um, so he will be going, Lionel Messi will be taking his game to Paris. I'm glad that's where you went with the getting into bed comment, Boris. Uh, but yeah, man, so this is uh, interesting, uh, of course. Um this is pretty much all you. You are far more of a football man than I. Uh, so please tell us, like, the ramifications. How much uh, of a factor is Messi going to be? Is he still at the top of his game? Is PSG just going to absolutely romp for the next couple of years? What are we so, looking at here? Right. So here's the thing. PSG, uh, you know, they made, they've, they've been putting a lot of um, money into their team. A few years ago, they were able to snag Neymar Jr., famous Brazilian star. Um, you know, they've also recently added Mbappe. Uh, now with Messi, that's going to be a very scary team. But here's the thing about this. You know, if you take a look at PSG, they're in the French League. And yes, they play in the Champions League. But they don't do well in the Champions League. And the reason, in my opinion, and this is all my opinion, you can crap on me if you want, um, is because... They're only in the French League. The competition in the French League isn't the highest. Yeah, they don't always win the championship. But in the Champions League, you know, when they're facing the hottest teams, the best teams, the best of the best in Europe, they still can't win because the competition level isn't there on a regular basis. And now when you take a look at Neymar Jr. over the past few international tournaments, Neymar Jr. has not played that well for Brazil. So I see Lionel Messi actually from an international level, his quality starting to go down. So I am happy that he was able to win his first international cup this past summer um, because I honestly think that he won't, be as good because the daily competition he sees won't be as good so in the grand scheme of things i think this is going to hurt his career a little bit more than we think 
Interesting. That's very interesting. Plus, he is getting older, right? But yeah, it is worth noting that, like, as a super casual soccer fan who only knows, like, FIFA and the few highlights you see on the internet and stuff, those three players that you named, Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, are right now probably three of the four most famous soccer yep. players in the world, 100%. other than uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Yep. So 100%. that's huge. So the talent level is such that should they, I, I understand what you're saying about competition and being battle tested, Boris, of course, but should they not just on talent alone by adding Messi to those two guys, should they not compete with anyone, anywhere, anytime? You would think so. I, and, I, I, and I believe that this might be the, the missing piece of the puzzle for the Champions League and, and PSG. Um, but I don't know. I just I just honestly feel like if you're going to be facing these European teams every fortnight, um, uh, from September to December, and then once a month after that until May, you know, you're just not going to get the daily affirmations that you need in order to compete at that level constantly. Whereas a Manchester United, Manchester City, they're facing Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right, 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 right. Totally feel you on that point. Makes a lot of sense. I just, I'm wondering again, this is a super casual fan perspective it's the fifa playing perspective like you, you add 99 99 99 overall and then you just do skill moves and you win game seven nothing yeah. you know what i mean and that could be the outcome here perhaps that's yep. what the casual fan myself is thinking yeah i agree and, and then you know i like i said this is my hot take i told you i had a hot very hot take about this but i look at neymar jr i look at and i'm not saying that he's not as good internationally it's just how many cups have brazil won in the past little while yeah they made the finals and they lost against Messi and Argentina of the Copa America but they didn't win right so now you have two players from PSG um at that level so you know I, I could be completely wrong I could be having this hot take for the sake of having a hot take but that's you know just my opinion well, man, hey, you know, you know the uh, the the football sport more than I, and uh, it's definitely very interesting. We'll keep an eye on it. it, it it's going to be uh, crazy to see. You know what I feel for? I I feel really bad for TSN because they just bought uh, La Liga, right? Yes. Where Messi used to play. Yep. And they're airing these games for the first time, and now there's no Messi on Barcelona. Yep. And no Ronaldo. Well, he might come back to the La Liga. Uh, chances are that he is going to be leaving Juventus. So who knows when the next time we get a Messi versus Ronaldo clash. Interesting stuff. Yep. All right. All right. Let's so move to... Next, do you want to hit on the... Uh... Yeah, I was just going to say, buddy, let's let's wrap up our Olympics talk. Shout out again to Degrassi, who's been the star for the Canadian males... And, of course, Penny Oleksiak absolutely crushed it for Canada, the most decorated Olympian in the history of Canada. Shout out. Yep. Amazing work. Making us proud. Yep. Seven medals medals uh, total for Penny. Um, six for Andre de Grasse. And you know what's, what stat I love about Andre's um, six medals? He has six medals in six events. That's awesome. I didn't realize that. That's really, really crazy. So, like, the 100, the 200, the relay. I wonder what else is on that list. Probably the previous 100, 200 relay. Oh, oh I understand. Okay, yeah, word, 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 word. Yeah, six Any, Anyway, man, yeah, Canada has been, uh, yeah, Canada has been showing up, especially the women. Just absolutely just uh, incredible performances. And in the, the soccer team again. Yep. Wow. Yep, female. The Canadian women's national team won gold against uh, against a very good Swedish team. That was a very hard-fought game. Um, you know, a stat that to me is interesting, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's an interesting stat, is the fact that Canada won a gold medal without scoring um, in a non-penalty shot throughout the entire elimination round. That is insane i didn't realize that that makes a lot of, yeah if you look back obviously that is correct yeah and that was one of the craziest shootouts i've ever seen in any sport man that was some crazy stuff canada weathered the storm in extra time definitely felt like sweden could have popped one in especially late they had a really really good chance right at the end of the game and uh yeah canada just won arguably the craziest shootout i've ever seen in my entire life just yep. just a just a wild one yeah, the amount of times that like the both goalkeepers knew exactly where the ball was going to go was just uh, just just unreal. But 
taking a look at Canada, seven golds, six silver, 11 bronze, 24 total. The majority of these medals coming from the women, from the female program. Dude, so interesting. So interesting. Um, you know, those, 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 those bros who love talking against the women sports, you know, interesting stuff right now that we need to kind of digest and think about, right, in terms of funding. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. It's crazy. I make videos for Operation Sports, uh, and anytime I say, like, something about the WNBA in, in a 2K video, I get, like, two or three comments, like, oh, why would you say it? Who cares about the WNBA? Like, laughing emoji, laughing emoji. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, wow, well, grow up, man. How small are you? Yep. Anyway, exactly. that's neither here nor there, Boris. Yeah, women showing up and showing out, making this nation proud. Penny Oleksiak killing it. The soccer team killing it. That's just like off the top of our heads. Many, many more. And yeah, man, it's uh, definitely is a good time for women's athletics. There's a, hopefully a women's hockey league coming, a women's national hockey league coming. That's been disputed for years and years and years. But it finally seems like they're chipping away at the ice on that. And uh, yeah, man. Yeah. WNBA is no. exploding in popularity, like considering. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and you know what I, what I love? I love the social accounts like The Gist, um, who really go out of their way to promote female sports. You know, I, it, you can make so many arguments about funding and who gets the funding and the numbers and the ratings of stuff. But if no one knows certain things are on, no one's going to watch it. That's the point, man. Exactly. Like if they had equal opportunity with advertising and stuff, it would be a long, it would be a little bit different. Like at the end of the day, people want to watch success and they want to watch greatness. And if it can come from young athletes who have a chance to achieve more success and more greatness, that'll draw even more people in of younger age groups. And that's what the game is. And it doesn't matter how big you are, how small you are, what color you are, what gender you are or associate yourself as, all that matters is in sports, man, is performance and how exciting you are on the field or whatever. Yeah. Speaking of excitement, speaking of Olympics, man, the American basketball team dodged a bullet. Uh, Kevin Durant led the U.S. men to the fourth consecutive Olympic basketball gold medal with an 87-82 to win over France. Holy crap, I watched the, the game on uh, Friday evening, and it was so close. It was a lot closer than even the score says. Yeah, absolutely. And France is sick. And there's a, like, the world stage has gotten, like, the, the gap has closed, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of awesome teams out there. Yep. But yeah, Kevin Durant, man, best basketball player alive. I don't care what anybody says. I'll go you even one further, Boris, than best basketball player alive. I'll go you one further. Most God-gifted basketball player ever born to ever live on this earth. I'm not saying that he's the best ever. You'd probably give it to Jordan, even LeBron. Both of those guys were were workaholics, and I'm not saying Kevin Durant isn't, but I'm saying of all the players on earth, he was touched by God the most. He is built and created to be a basketball player. Kevin Durant is a marvel. So you can send all hate mail to BAM or media at <laughs> BAMSportsEntertainment.com. That's media at SpamSportsEntertainment.com. <laughs> Most gifted player of all time. I'm a Kevin Durant fanboy. Yep, I love it. Um, but, you know, honestly, the U.S. dodged the bullet. But I'm almost at the point. It's kind of like Canada and hockey. I'm a fan for many reasons when Canada loses. You have to understand, I uh, huh. the only reason I give a crap about the world juniors is because i want canada to lose so badly i know a couple of your types around <laughs> i have friends who uh are the same but uh, yeah man i understand but, like but, hey, everyone okay, loves let me let me get buddy. to my point let me get to my point my point being it just goes to show you that the competition is getting better against canada even with the u.s right um let's let's extrapolate this and talk about basketball the fact that the U.S. has already won four consecutive and they've actually like sweated a bit with this one, um, you know, and it, what a story it would have been if they had bookended the tournament with two losses against France, right? Um, but the fact that the U.S. is struggling on the international level just goes to show you that, the, as you said, the gap is closing between the U.S. and other teams. Now, let's remember when we were children, Matt, the dream team, you know, can you imagine 
can you imagine? I think no. the Dream Team would still win gold, but it, they wouldn't have such the easy ride that they did back then. No, they would still, yeah, they would still romp their way to gold. Yeah, there's like 10 Hall of Famers on that team. But yeah, uh, yeah man, like you said, like it wouldn't be, like romp is strong. They would win gold, but yeah, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be, I don't know who Angola is, but Angola's in trouble. It wouldn't be that anymore, you know what I yep. mean? We know who these teams are now. Yep. Um, but so, yeah, so that, that was my point there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just like, you know, we'll see at the end of the day uh, what happens at the international level. Um, here's a funny one. The IOC might be removing weightlifting from the next Olympics. Do you know why? Because it's just an excuse to do steroids and juice? Bingo. Yeah, <laughs> makes a lot of sense, actually, man. I can completely see that. Yeah, the IOC has basically said, you know, no mas, we cannot control the doping. The doping is actually getting so good that it's getting past the testing. Uh, so, you know, so it kind of sucks, right? Like, the few are literally ruining the sport. Yeah, I don't know if it... It's the few or it's everyone who's been to the Olympics in the last 60 years. <laughs> I actually don't know. You know what I mean? But that's kind of how it seems. I can understand, though. Yeah, the few have ruined it for the ones who actually do want to complete, complete, compete cleanly in that sport. Yep. Yeah, man, it really sucks. But it does make sense. Like, honestly, like every year since like the 60s, there's been like noted cases of doping and weightlifting in the Olympics. Yeah. Yep. So we'll see what happens there. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we move oh, yeah, to the yeah, wrestling quickly, portion? We should talk about, yeah, yeah. just quickly, we should talk about Otani and the Jays and how amazing Shohei Otani looks when you see him play your team. You watch him play three games. But at the same time, Jays, baby, staying hot. Yep, the Jays are super hot. They had a hell of a uh, a home swing, a home stand, as they call them in the sports lingo. Um, the Jays are super hot right now. They're one game behind Boston. Um, I love watching the Boston media sweat and give shit to their team right now. Oh, man, Boston will turn on a team and a player real fast, eh? Yep, but, it's, uh, it's insane. Yeah. I, sometimes I wish Toronto was a little bit more like that. Um Outside of the Leafs, I feel like... I was you just going to say, wow, at, but, okay. Yeah, like, outside of the Leafs, I feel like we're a little too harsh on the Leafs. That, well, there you on go, On an man. individual level. Maybe, we an... maybe... Go ahead, yeah, I was going to say, we maybe coddle the Raptors. We love the Raptors. We hold them close to our hearts. I think maybe we coddle them a little bit in our fan base. Masai can do no wrong. We always trust the Raptors. We traded Demar. Ah, Frigham. Here's your here's your Uber to the airport. Bye, Demar. We love Kawhi now. You know what I mean? But yeah, the Leafs, bro. You're gonna say the Toronto media is nice. You uh, pay pay attention to five minutes of Leafs talk. Yeah. The Toronto media hates the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep. Despises them with all of their heart. Everyone who works for it. Yep. Um, but yeah, so the Jays, going back to Jays, TLK, um, yeah, no, so the Jays are super hot right now, um, they're making this run, they're making this run, but you know, the pitching still worries me big time, the, the pitching, you just don't know what pitcher is gonna show up, you know, and, and the worst thing is I, and, and by that is like, you know, uh, a stripling might be amazing one day, horrible the next, even Ryu, Ryu's been pretty good, um, but then, you know, the, the one thing I wanna avoid is Dolis at all costs. Oh my God! Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's the human heart attack, Rafael Dolis. He definitely is not. Not my cousin brought, uh, texted me this the other day. It makes a lot of sense. I would love to see what his clean inning percentage is. I bet it's not good at all. He gets yep. rocked almost every time you watch him. Yeah. Uh, so Bo Bichette, uh, you know, hopefully he comes back. I didn't notice whether he's on the starting lineup tonight, uh, tonight being Wednesday night, um, but he's uh, missed a couple games because of a day-to-day injury. Yeah, that's true. I was looking for the Jays, but they're, yeah, they're playing Anaheim, of course. Yeah. It's a late game. But yeah, man, yeah, it's definitely like bright future ahead, and I think this could still be a playoff season. Uh, Barrios, we need him. And, yeah, we need Ryu. It's like Ryu's a hit-and-miss guy, though, just by the nature of how he pitches. Like, sometimes it's just not – you know what I mean? He's just – he's a guy who paints the corners and uses his stuff and his guile and his moxie, and sometimes it's just not going to work out. He's a number two or a number three. He's not yeah. an ace. Hopefully you know, my, Barrios is that ace. 
Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And and what I really enjoy about Barrios is that he seems, and we talked about this about a couple players last week when we were talking about the Raptors, and that's that he seems like he gener- like legitimately wants to play for Toronto. Big time, absolutely. And you love that. You need that in the city because a lot of people don't. God bless him, Kawhi. Obviously, the prime example. He didn't, and he frigged off at the first chance he could have. So yeah. Exactly, unfortunately. But, you know, you also have to understand his his the nature on how he is, right? So speaking of people wanting to play, legitimately play for Toronto, we brought up this man last week and saying that he probably won't want to be around. And boy, oh boy, did he cause a stir. And that is the yeah. guard, Goran Dragic. Whoopsie. I actually, <laughs> I actually feel bad for Goran because, yeah, it, it came like it was a like a lost in translation situation where he said something to a reporter in his native language. Uh, and then the translation came out across way more harsh than he meant it to when he said he didn't want to play in Toronto. He had higher inspirations or higher expectations i forget exactly what it was it's but yeah, uh, yeah, he wanted to play for a contender basically like, let's let's take a look at his personal situation here he's playing with the heat the heat are getting hotter and hotter every season and then he gets traded to the raptors who are in a rebuild whether it be a soft yeah. or hard rebuild right that that hurts you in the gonads a little bit oh a million percent and that's all he was saying all he was saying was that he wanted to be on a title contender he wanted to play for a title But it came out that, unfortunately, how it came out was, I don't want to play in Toronto. I want a higher basketball experience kind of thing. That's how it read to the reactionary fan. You know what I mean? So when you're scrolling through on Twitter and you say, Goran Dragic Dragic wants a higher basketball experience, you're like, "Ah, fuck this guy. You know what I mean? But But he's willing to come to Toronto. He's actually willing to play here. And I think we should give him a chance. Hopefully he plays well. And then you trade him at the deadline. But again, this is the Toronto media being the Toronto media. This is what they do. Yeah, well, I think this is more the Toronto fan than the Toronto media, although I'm sure there are people out there who are blowing this up. You know, I'm sure there were. But I do think that once it kind of came, once Goron apologized and he was kind of like, no, I like, was lost in translation and I'm willing to play in Toronto and play hard and it, it's a great city. I think that was enough, you know, for, 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 the, for the rational uh, person. I think that should be enough, you know? Yep. Quick question before we move to wrestling. Pascal Siakam, yes. will he be traded? I think so, because I think there's a market. It's not that the Raptors don't want him. I think someone's going to pay a lot of, of assets. And he's, they're going to get a good package. They're going to get an offer they can't refuse, Boris. I don't think they want to move him, but I do think they're going to get a nice package, and they're going to do it ultimately, yeah. All right, awesome. So I think we're going to end the sports chatter there. We are going to move on to the wrestling chatter. Um, so if you're still listening, thank you. Welcome to the wrestling portion of BAM Sports Entertainment. Uh, you know, so the reason why we talked more sports today than usual is because we wanted to talk about NWA power. But they had an issue with airing the show on Tuesday night on Fight TV. So for unknown reasons, the show just didn't air. Um, both companies kind of put out a statement saying that there were technical difficulties and they would air this evening at 6 p.m. So it's regular time slot. And at the end of the day, you know, we just didn't have time to watch that. So our wrestling um, uh, agenda is a little lighter than usual, but uh, Matt was able to fill it up with a couple stuff. Um, and and we're also going to be talking about AAA because the AAA Mania is this weekend, so we have our pick contest. Um, so we're going to be having a little fun with that. We're going to be talking about some ROH, and we're going to be talking about some NWA in general because Matt has been uh, uh, furiously watching a lot of NWA. So... Before Furiously we, is right. Yes. Uh, before we get started, let's talk about tonight's Dynamite. Matthew, what did you think of the show? All right, buddy. Yeah, I thought it was... Uh, I was surprised at some of the negative reaction I saw. I saw people saying, like, oh, it's felt like WWE Raw Legends Night. Like, like, why is Matt Hardy and Big Show getting all the love? Which... I obviously, as you can tell by my insulting tone, I disagree with, but uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't see that at all. I saw a fun show. The crowd reacted to everything. If they were doing this every week, it would be an, an issue, but it was the first time we've seen big show in months. Honestly, the the, the biggest problems I had with that show were, were the main event. I thought it was a pretty bad match, the worst match on the card, and Tony Schiavone's kid is terrible at selling. Terrible. Yeah. Tony Schiavone himself was pretty bad as well. 
But uh, other than that, uh, I thought it was a really strong show. And I thought the, the opening match was uh, a low-end match of the year contender. I gave it uh, four and a quarter uh, V-triggers for yep. a uh, 85% disgusting knee bomb percentage. Yeah. Nepotism elite wrestling needs to uh, cut it back sometimes. That's, that's my one thing about uh, AEW. What do you mean? Nepotism elite wrestling with Shivani's kid. Why did they like, wh- why? Why They could have done so no. many other things. Well, I think they were kind of going for like that, that uh, David Flair, that Owen Hart beat up the younger brother, yeah. beat up the y- young family member storyline. It, it would have had, had the exact same effect if it was Shivani. They don't have to like hurt him or make him sell or anything, but he, they could have been threatening him and Paul White could have shown up. It didn't have to be his so. kid. I disagree. I think putting his kid in there, obviously, it makes it more dramatic. No, I, I not agree for me. that it didn't have not to for be me. his kid. I, makes me, it makes me care less about these kids when people like Arn Anderson's kid, Taz's kid, his uh, Shivani's kid. Like, nepotism elite wrestling needs to take a step back sometimes. None of those people have done anything, though. Brock Anderson had one match, and that's it. What, None what, of those why, 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 why is he on the card and not someone like Joey Janela, Sonny Kiss, or anyone else on their con- uh, under contract? Yeah, it's a, good, it's a fair point. It's a fair point, I guess. I don't know. It didn't bother me at all, but uh, I, I feel you on that. Anyway, but, I like thought I said, Dynamite was really I'm being good. a little harsh show was overall good but that's the one thing and yeah. it's like it's it's a real sticking point with me that's constantly making me say Ugh. anyways fair enough man i thought that dynamite was good and we will be hearing from that opening match in our top 121 of 2021 whenever that comes out uh, yeah probably so, new year's eve yeah so we're gonna ca- cap it off on that because uh tomorrow uh, Joe and I, I'm going to be an old fuck. I'm going to be filling in for Dan because as Jason Agnew said, it's the summer of Boris. Um, so, you know, I will be, uh, filling in for Dan on the old fucks, all elite, re- all elite weekly on the S enemy radio patron feed. The summer of Boris. Nice. I mean, I, I'm into it. Yep. All right. So let's Long talk some the ring of honor so we are on week two of the women's championship tournament and we are about three weeks post this is the fourth show post pay-per-view um and uh we have finally finally seen the new champion bandito show up and do something so you know We'll talk about this in the very end. So let's talk about the show overall. Um, there were three matches on the show. The first match was Quinn McKay versus Mandy Leon. Uh, the second match was Marty Bell versus Trish Adora. And the third match was Ray Oris and Bandito versus Violence Unlimited members Brody King and Chris Dickinson. All right, so let's start with the Quinn McKay versus Mandy Leon match. Honestly, Quinn McKay is such an adorable character how can she not get over you know she's still learning how to wrestle her wrestling is not a 10 out of 10 um she's good but you know it's not a 10 out of 10 but just everything she does is just so pure and humble i absolutely love and adore her and who better to have her feud with than do than the allure yeah. Hey, man, I'm very glad to hear that. Quinn McKay is a great interviewer. And it's like you said, yeah, she's she's, she's uh, not going to be a 10 out of 10 yet, but I'm glad that she's coming across well. I have yet to see her wrestle. I did not see this Ring of Honor uh, episode, but that's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear it. And I'm, I'm just surprised uh, at the result of this match. As yeah. I'm sure you'll know. Of course I will. Um, so, yeah, so uh, just like last week, we get video packages hyping up every women's match because oftentimes these women matches have people that we don't know. So, you know, what better way to introduce us, let us care about these matches than having a quick video package. Uh, so McKay mentioned that uh, per Maria Canellis' orders, Mandy Leone and her partner Angelina Love cannot accompany each other down the ring together. Uh, Mandy Leone said that she's upset that McKay has received another their opportunity in the women's championship tournament um but she ultimately blames maria canellis uh she thinks that it's disrespectful that a founding member of the roh women's division is forced to face mckay over and over uh, so this match actually i love the beginning of this match because before the ring even uh, 
even sounded. Uh, Quinn McKay went for a spear onto Leon and started punching her face in. It was awesome. Um, but this was your typical veteran versus rookie where Mandy Leon was getting a little too cocky throughout the match um, and Quinn McKay was able to capitalize on a mistake uh, so your winner at 7 minutes 12 seconds via pinfall was Quinn McKay now Quinn McKay is going to be moving to the quarterfinals of the women's championship tournament and she is going to face the prodigy Rock C Nice. So that's definitely a loss for Quinn McKay. But uh, I'm glad she got a first round win, you know, proving herself worthy of being in the ROH women's division. That's dope. Good for her. At the very least, I like the fact that she finally beat one of the members of the Allure. Yeah, true. Right. Yeah, definitely scale that mountain. Get back at the bullies, Boris. Yep. And after the match, dude, this is what I mean about like just so humble and adorable. So after the match, um, McKay was celebrating. She jumped the railing, ran to the announced uh, to the announced team, and hugged everyone uh, as the bracket updated itself. Um, so that was a really nice little moment there. So the second match was Marty Bell versus Trish Adora. Uh, these two have previously fought before with Bell getting the win. This match was actually really good. Um, and and it, but but you know the one thing i do have to say is that the theme of one of the wrestlers getting too cocky the other one capitalizing seems to be very a rampant theme on the booking of this tournament uh so trisha dora won um when she locked bell in a camel mutilation oh the camel mutilation yep is that like a bridging camel clutch how does that even work yep, it's a bridging camel clutch daniel huh. bryan uses it quite a bit well, Daniel Bryan uses the cattle mutilation, which yeah. is like the arm thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but she—it's the kind of like a bridged camel clutch. It's kind of cool. Okay, okay. I can yeah. uh, actually I can picture it now. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, dope. There you go. Um. So yeah. So th this match was really good. By the way, the Quinn McKay versus Mandy Leon match, just for the sweet, adorable Quinn McKay, I'm going to give it three handshakes out of five. The Trish Adora, uh, Marty Bell match, I'm going to give it two and a half handshakes out of five. And then it's time for the main event, Ray Horace and Bandito versus Violence Unlimited. Um, so this match was just just two, four brutal guys going at it with Ray Horace and Bandito being a much smaller luchadors. Um, really well done, really fast paced. It was a lot of fun. Um, uh, what's it called? Ray Horace and Bandito eventually won at 10 minutes, 49 seconds via pinfall. This is the match of the week for ROH TV. So if there's anything you're going to watch, take 11 minutes, 11 minutes and watch this match um so essentially bandito was able to perform the 21 plex as dickinson was distracted by oris yeah i saw one spot on twitter where he press slammed one of them out of the ring bandito did so yeah. not only is he an incredible luchador he's also stronger than an ox as well that's craziness man bandito is super duper underrated Yep. Very, very underrated. That man might be, other than Ray Phoenix, might be the best luchador alive. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. So overall, it was a very right. good show. It was kind of fun. Um, this main event, I would give three and a half handshakes out of five. Uh, you know, it was 11 minutes. How, how, how you can't rate an 11 minute match too high, which is the issue with ROH TV overall. Um, but you know, it, the hour goes by fast, even though they're still suffering immensely by not having fans during the TV tapings. Yeah, big time, absolutely. But you know, NXT, NXT UK, uh, Impact still suffering from these problems as well unfortunately it is what it is but yeah no no doubt that it's true they are suffering big time yep all right so talk some nwa yeah we're gonna let's take a uh, take a take a breath here i'm gonna get a water and then yeah man let's talk some nwa championship series the good and the far more bad and ugly all right man so yeah the nwa championship series on paper kind of an interesting idea so the idea is there are four captains they're all the champions currently of nwa so one half of the tag team champions aaron stevens uh the former damian sandow camille the nwa women's champion nick aldis the nwa world champion and at the time that this started 
the Pope, who was then the NWA television champion. So they all drafted teams. Um, I was going to go through the draft, but honestly. So number one pick, Camille and Austin Idol pick Thomas Latimer. Number two pick, Aaron uh, Aaron Stevens and uh, Taryn Terrell pick Tyrus. Number two overall now in the entire NWA company. And this is where they have lost me forever <laughs> on the draft portion of this. But I do like the idea of like a draft of like a captain team. You know what I mean? So sports in your wrestling, Morris, we always talk about it. It's it's on paper. It's a good idea. On paper. The issue is the execution oftentimes. Um, you know, anytime they have contracts, anytime they have contract signings, we know how it's going to go. Yeah, they're trying to change things up a little bit. Um, press conferences, we know how it's going to go. Um, you know, yeah, sports stuff in wrestling is always very interesting, like rankings. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. If they can pull it off, that's the big thing. It's yeah. pretty complicated to, to, to have all these juggling balls and actually get them to work out. So a big issue with this was that they didn't even tell us the rules for the competition during the actual draft episode. Obviously, that's a huge thing. You need to establish what it is in a sentence and establish the rules, and you need to make the draft exciting. They did none of those things. They just kind of told you there's four teams, each of these captains are with a legend randomly, and now they're going to draft guys, and then they drafted guys. So, yeah, it was really weird. So here are the actual rules. So it's... Uh, it's a two V two. It's like a tournament. It's not a round robin like the G one. It's a head to head tournament. So one team will play one team. The other team will play the other team, and the two winners will move on to the finals. Pins. It's it's a series of singles matches. Pins and submissions are worth five points. A DQ is worth three points, and a draw is worth two points each. If both teams are tied at the end of all this then the tiebreaker is whatever team got their wins in the least amount of time. So it's important to win quickly. Also, the, the point of all of this is the winning team, and this, this is further complicating things, this is the actual step. The winning team gets, the, the captain of the team gets protection from his team members for future title shots for a year. So if Nick Aldis, if his team wins and Trevor Murdoch is on Nick Aldis's team, Trevor Murdoch cannot challenge for Nick Aldis's world title. Boris, you're falling asleep. Hold and on. I understand. Okay, Hold yeah, on. okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Hold go on. Ahead. So if Nick Aldis's team wins, his team members can't challenge him for the title. Right? So what why motivation would I have right. to win for my captain, oh captain? So, well, this is the thing. So for everyone else on the team, they get a free title shot at any other champion, right? So if you're, if you're technically like on the Pope's team or on Camille's team or on the tag team champion team, it makes sense because you'd want to challenge for the world title. Everyone's going to want to challenge for the world title. But if you're on the world champion's team, it would make absolutely no sense to try at all in this concept at all for any reason. Now, Nick Aldis did do the only storyline thing you could possibly do which is say he said if you guys try for me I'll give you all title shots anyway. Yeah. It's just but that's just dumb. From that's the just rules, him saying here's like, the thing. I don't care about your They found a loophole for, for for from an angle point of view, but from a rules point of view it's pretty stupid. Pretty stupid. And again, this is after they didn't tell us exactly the rules that we got the rules in the second episode when the matches were about to start. They didn't really make the draft exciting at all. And if you really think about it, none of these rules make sense anyway. Great. Yeah. Okay, so we're off to a rough start. So there's a series of bad matches. The first episode, two-star match, Marche Rocket versus Tom Latimer. Tom Latimer wins. Uh, Genocide got a win over Sky Blue. Another two-star match. Uh, JTG beat Mims. That was actually pretty decent. JTG's finishing move these days is a running razor's edge into a neck breaker. And Mims is a huge guy. JTG, we've said it uh, the last couple times we've seen him. He's on that Vince McMahon diet, buddy. He wants to get re-signed. He's looking thick and huge. Yep, yep, but he's over 30, so he can't go to NXT. Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. But he hit this move. He didn't hit it clean, but he hit a razor's edge into a running Nick Breaker on this huge guy. It was really, really good. Uh, so that was, that was two and a half stars, I would say, probably, on that one. And... Um, 
Then the main event of that first show, Fred Rosser versus Trevor Murdoch. It was basically a squash. Trevor Murdoch beat the shit out of Fred Rosser and tapped him out in five minutes with the rings of Saturn. Honestly, though, pretty good. And you put over Trevor Murdoch, who is still like the the top contender. So that first episode uh, was pretty solid. And then this thing fell off the rails in the second episode. (laughs) Fell off the rails. So the first thing they say, Boris, is that the alternates, so everyone has a team that they drafted, which I didn't get through because the draft was not exciting enough to recap. At the end of the draft, the the people who didn't get drafted out of the pool were all assigned as alternates. So when you hear the term alternate, you think least important person, right? So these alternates had a fatal four-way match, which was worth a 10-point swing. So the winner of the fatal four-way match would get seven points and the loser of the fall would get negative three points. Just to further complicate, a super complicated system here. Okay, so we got to the point right before the fatal four-way. We'll get there quickly. Kenzie Page versus Lady Frost. They had a pretty average match. Lady Frost beat the crap out of Kenzie Page, pulled her off the mat a couple times, and then Kenzie Page immediately rolled her up. It was average pro wrestling fair. It gave a two and a half. Uh, Then we saw a time limit draw between Crimson and the masked man. Oh, man. Molina on commentary. The commentators and Molina literally forgot whose team that Molina was on. They forgot which of these two guys was actually hers. They were making jokes about the masked man and who was under the mask. And if she knew, she didn't pick the masked man. She picked Crimson. But nobody on commentary even knew or cared to pay attention. And like four minutes into it, they were like, oh, you actually picked Crimson. Ha ha ha. I was just testing you. But it was just very obvious that everyone in this was lost. It was a 10-minute time limit draw between Crimson and some goof in a mask. The goof in a mask worked hard, actually. But this was a pretty big fail. Commentary absolutely failed on it. And after this, we were set up such that uh, Team Pope was 10 points ahead of Team Aldis. So going into the fatal four-way match, it was obviously clear what would happen. Yeah. And it did. Uh, yeah, so the fatal four-way match was it was a pretty... Uh, it was Saul Renaro versus Jordan Clearwater versus Colby Carino versus Jeremiah Plunkett. Now, of all of these shows, of all of this uh, nonsense, Colby Carino is the one guy who stood out. He's the one guy who I want to see more of in NWA right now above anybody else. So Colby Carino was a good heel in this match, but it was pretty much below the Mendoza line in terms of a fatal four-way. It went six minutes. Um, So, yeah, so then we had uh, Kratos versus Hold on, hold on, on. fatal four-way that lasted six minutes. Went six minutes, and there wasn't a ton of high spots or anything. Uh, Yeah, I believe it was won by Jeremiah Plunkett. All right. (laughs) <laughs> over Colby Carino. And oh, then this show is already flying off the rails with that Molina commentary in this six-minute fatal four-way match. Then we had Kratos versus Tyrus. Boris, other than fiend-related uh, shenanigans, other than, like, dolls winking and, like, black goop and zombies, this might be the worst match of the year. In terms of a straight one-on-one wrestling match, high-end Worst match of the year candidate. Just Brodus Clay, slow, nothing happening. Two big guys just running into each other. The finish of this match, Brodus Clay hits an Andre the Giant style like elbow drop, just like falling big man elbow. And the ref counts one and he counts two. And there's kind of a hesitation where everyone's waiting for Crimson to kick out. He counts three and Crimson lifts his shoulder up and everyone's confused. And then Tyrus lifts his hand up, and then the bell rings, and they just decide, fuck it, let's just get out of here. That's the finish. Sure, let's go home. It was only seven minutes and two seconds, and when I saw the stopwatch on this, when the bell rang, I nearly shit my pants. I thought it was 15 minutes at least. This is the worst thing I've seen in wrestling in a very long time. Terrible, terrible wrestling match. And at this point, I'm just like, man, I'm pretty done with NWA power. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, NWA power is... uh both good and bad sometimes at the same time yes oftentimes at the same time i will say it was pretty funny one thing i wanted to note that i forgot uh so melina did commentary on that crimson versus mass man match totally forgetting what the steps were in making a mockery of this entire thing you know who came out to do guest commentary for match number three whom the smashing pumpkin himself, Billy Corgan. Oh God! He was having no more, no more of these shenanigans. He was like, "I'm going to show you what this tournament is all about, y'all." 
Anyway, so yeah, the main event of that second show was Jax Dane versus Slice Boogie. Went six minutes and 30 seconds. Jax Dane wins with a lariat. Uh, I like Slice Boogie. I said it was average wrestling match, two and a half stars. And then I did not bother to watch the third one, but I have the results here. Trevor Murdoch beat Tom Latimer. Mims beat Jax Dane. Nick Aldis and Chris Adonis in the special exhibition beat Jeremiah Plunkett and Sean Devari. Nice. And in the final match, Colby Carino beat Saul Renaro one-on-one to win for Team Pope. So therefore, the following wrestlers are entitled to an NWA world title shot over the next year. These wrestlers are Trevor Murdoch, Jax Dane, Colby Carino, and the Mystery Man, and of course the Pope, along with, on the female side, Genocide and Velvet Sky. So again, Trevor Murdoch, Jax Dane, Colby Carino, the Mystery Man, the Pope, all get NWA world title shots over the next year, and Genocide and Velvet Sky get NWA World's Women title shot over the next year. Boris, this was a waste of my day. I want my day back. Um, Trevor Murdoch's winning the <laughs> NWA title, isn't he? Who? Trevor Murdoch. Oh, big time. And he might lose it to the mystery man, which could be Nick Aldis. You know what I mean? Maybe they do some kind of dumb uh, stipulation like that. I feel like this mystery man, that's going to be an angle. That's a smoking gun if I've ever seen one. I'm very excited to see Colby Carino get a title shot. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. That's the, the only thing, like, there were nuggets in this that are good. I like sports presentation. I like the idea of a draft in wrestling, but they botched it pretty much at every turn. I'll watch it again next year if they try it, but I'm not watching Power again for 365 days. You know what I mean? I'm out for a little bit. Uh, I love it. I love it. So I guess NWA talk is going to be left up to me. (laughs) Yeah, you need another co-host for that one. I am out. But yeah, again, there there are slight nuggets of good in this uh, cavalcade of shit. I do, I, I do like the idea of Colby Carino challenging for the NWA world title. Trevor Murdoch is eventually going to win that title. And the mystery man, that could be a decent angle. And uh, Velvet Sky getting the title shot too, buddy. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. So, that's some NWA talk. Again, we wanted to talk about NWA power. But uh, technical difficulties happened. So, I wasn't able to watch that show. Um, so, we'll chat. NWA Power. I will clearly only chat about NWA Power. So. <laughs> I'll watch the pay-per-views with you, but yeah, I just overdosed on NWA today. I was like, I was going to sit down, I'm going to watch me some NWA wrestling, and by the end of it, I was just like, no, never again. Never again. Love it. Alright, so let's move on to AAA. Triple Mania. Triple Mania is happening this weekend, this Saturday, to be exact. Um, we need to figure out whether we're going to do a special show or cover it next week. But we'll talk yeah. offline. Yeah, my yeah. Well, we have a busy episode of Bam next week, but we could throw it into Bam. We could also maybe do a special. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll 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 see how we feel Friday, Saturday. Um, and well, we got to give Jason the heads up, anyways. But whatever, we'll we'll talk about that. So that's why we have Bam anyway, homie. We can put it in here if we have to. But yes, we'll talk. Yep. All right. So pick contest. Do you got the stuff in front of you? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. So let's start with the Marvel Comics match. This We're going to go through it, and it's like a little preview slash pick contest. So we don't know the combatants of this, Boris. Do you have the card in front of you as well while we go through this? Nope, I don't. Uh, can you load it up? Well, you don't have to. That's fine. But uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's a Marvel comic, Comics match. Team Leyenda Americana versus Team Purpura. Team Terror Purpura. I don't understand what this Marvel Comics match is. I don't uh, get this at all. I'm it's going a with... showcase. It's a showcase. Yeah. Um, you're going to have like Brian Cage in a mask again and like uh, Leon Rush in a mask again and people like that. It's just to put people behind a mask and their cross promotion with Marvel slash Disney. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I get it. I mean, yeah, I don't understand was uh, not yeah meant to be taken literally. A, rec- a rhetorical don't understand. But yeah, who do you think is going to win this one? It's Team Leenda Americana versus Team Terror Purpura. Uh, we're going to go with uh, the the first one, the Leenda Americana. <laughs> Americana it is, buddy. All right, so next we have a trios tag team match. Pagano, Chessman, and Murder Clown versus Puma King, DMT, and Sam Adonis. Murder Clown's team, 100%. 
Yeah, I agree with you, buddy. Yeah, definitely Team Murder Clown. That's Pagano, Chessman, and Murder Clown. Yeah, Murder right. Clown so, is like one of the most overacts right now in AAA, so I'm going to be shocked if he, his team doesn't win. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, you you follow Lucha far more than I, buddy. Uh, but I definitely, I, I poke in for the pay-per-views and yeah. So uh, here's one. This is a chance for you to go off the board and myself. It's a fatal four-way. Uh, Drago versus Mamba versus Mr. Iguana versus To Be Announced. I'm going to go with Mr. Iguana. No, yeah, I'm going to go with Mr. Iguana. Mr. Iguana, he stood out to us last time we watched uh, AAA. Mr. Iguana was a favorite of both of ours. He's awesome. I'm going to go with Mamba on this one. Just a shot in the dark. I think there's a, a good chance it could be TBA. You never know. But yeah. uh, Who do you think TBA is going to be? I have absolutely no idea. There's a pretty good chance it's like a release, right? Or maybe it could be someone like uh, someone maybe even coming over from uh, from New Japan, right? There's talk that there's a couple excursions coming. It could yep. be a lot of people. It can. That's yeah. the thing with 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 AAA and even CMLL. You just never know. It could be Leo Rush for all that we know, right? Like could be Leon could be Ruff Leon for Ruff. all that we know. <laughs> yeah, baby. No, no, it's the not boy. 30 days yet. I hope it's Leon Ruff. All right, here we go. So uh, a triple threat tag team match for the AAA tag team titles. The Lucha Bros, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, versus El Hijo del Vikingo and Laredo Kid versus Taurus and To Be Announced. Boris. Ooh, tag team belts. I'm going to have to go. Oh, this is this one's a tough one. I know Lucha Bros have held these belts for a while. Um, I'm going to have to go with Lucha Bros. I think they're going to still be champs. I think that nice. keeping the belts on AEW talent is the, is going to do wonders for AAA. That's a really good call. At least they're out there. At least they're being seen every week. That's yeah. a good point, man. Yeah. I think uh, I'm going to go with uh, El Hijo del Vikingo and Laredo Kid. I think El Hijo del Vikingo is like every time you see him, he's amazing. Like he's as one is, of the most spectacular wrestlers. As is Laredo Kid. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I think that it, it might be time to give them a little push. So we're going to go with them there. All right, next match. Uh, it is Fabi Apache versus Diana Perrazzo. Oof. Uh, this one's for the Impact Belt, right? Or is this for the... Uh, it's title for title. It's for the uh, Rea de Reyes uh, AAA like, women's title and for the Impact women's Here's title. Here's the thing. I'm going to say Diana Perrazzo because there's no way she's losing before Empower. There's no way she's losing before Impact's next uh, set of taping. So... Unfortunately, I have to go with our homegirl, Deanna Perrazzo. million percent agree with the logic and the pick. I also select Deanna Perrazzo there, buddy. Yeah, good call. Good call. All right, next up, Lucha de Apuestas, hair versus mask. Psycho Clown versus Reyes Scorpion. Uh, Psycho Clown. There's no way they're going to demask him. Yeah, right. Is, is Psycho Clown not the son of Super Porky? Uh, I believe... I forget which... Insert verb clown. He is. I think you're right. Okay. And I okay. know someone I know is screaming. I know someone is screaming, telling us the answer. But uh, yeah. I, it honestly, so I find it so hard to keep up with the lineage of some of these wrestlers. I uh, yeah, feel you. I think that's right, but I might be wrong. Like I said, like if you don't know, you're the lucha head of the two of us. If either of us are a lucha head, it's you. So all right. And then the main event: Kenny Omega versus Andrade El Idolo for the AAA Mega Championship. It, oh man, <sighs> I have to say, Mr. Kenneth Omega. Really? Yep. Wow, wasn't expecting that. You're going Kenny. I'm going Andrade. Easily picking Andrade. Easily there. picking Safe. Andrade. Safely. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Oh yeah. So we uh, we defer on three of those picks, Boris, which is interesting. There's still and a lot of. There's only left. possibility of you getting two points because there's no way Kenny's losing. Oh, oof, oof. And just because oof. I said that, Kenny is 100% losing. <laughs> yeah, get cocky. Get cocky, buddy. We also said that we would pick Rampage, the first episode of Rampage as well, and we have three matches that we can choose. All right, let's do it. You just, you're, you're, uh, you're I love how you're adding all these obstacles in front of me. <laughs> you know my game. 
Yeah, like, oh, here's three matches I can have. Oh, yeah, we should do the SummerSlam pre-show. Oh, can we do SummerSlam 2001? Can we pick that show? <laughs> All right, okay, so seriously, the three matches on the inaugural Rampage Cardar, Boris. Can I just the, tib- uh, Can I just give you – so, okay, um, here's, here's how we're going to do this. Name the card, and I'll give you my p- three picks. Okay, Miro versus Fuego del Sol. No, it's okay. So Miro versus Fuego Sol is the first match. Christian, yeah, Christian versus Kenny Omega. Brett okay. Baker versus Velvet. Uh, 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 Velvet, uh, Red Velvet, not Velvet Sky. Red Velvet. Brett Baker versus Red Velvet. All right, the three champions are winning. Really? So yep. you think? Here's Kenny? the thing. Here's the thing about the my the first match about Miro versus um, uh, what's his face? Fuego. Fuego. To, yeah, it's a belt and contract match. Yeah, exactly. So if Fuego del Sol wins, not only is he TNT champion, but he gets a contract, right? Yeah. So this could be a thing. Give it to him for a couple weeks. He has the contract. Everyone's happy. The fans love him. The Dark and Elevation fans loved this kid. Um, But, you know, why would they have Miro lose? Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, so here's here's my where I I defer with you uh, quickly. We'll do this and get out of here. I think Christian's winning the Impact title. I think he's beating Kenny Omega and he's gonna win the Impact title on Rampage. I think Christian wins that match easily for sure. And then they won't do the Miro switch because they've already done a switch. You really think that? Oh man. I yeah. think Kenny's losing twice back to back. I think he's losing on Rampage and then he's losing at Triple Mania. You, my friend, have zero faith in our Kenneth Omega. <laughs> the boy from Winnipeg. Zero faith is not true, but I think he's losing back to back, homie. And that's that. So right now in the pit contest, you are 34 and 19. I am seven games back of you, 27 and 26. But I can make up uh, three or four here, Boris, and we could be uh, a little tighter going into SummerSlam. This season has been unfair to me. Like I like we should have ended the season you, eons ago. To you. Ended. These are this. This I am. I'm filing that complaint under protest. It's unfair to me that we had to review and pick NWA, and I went over seven. I'd be really. I'd, I'd be. I'm down seven points to you right now. It's the over seven burger I took on NWA. God damn it! I hate that. Pro- my my rivalry with NWA is much like yours with Cody Rhodes. Irrational and stupid. <laughs> but I'm sticking to it to the very end. <laughs> Irrational. Uh, once again. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to randomly walk up to you, give you a middle finger, see how you feel about me after that. <laughs> ah, I'm just messing with you, buddy. I love it. I'm I just love messing it. with you. As always. I'm also messing with the NWA. I, I, I'll, I'll be back for the pay-per-view. Yeah, I love it. Anyways, it is time for us to go. Before you go, remember to visit our website, bamsportsentertainment.com. That's bamsportsentertainment.com. You can also email us. That's media at bamsportsentertainment.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, etc., etc., etc. Be sure to join the uh, SNME radio group as well. Show some love there. And thank you for listening to BAM Sports and Entertainment. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Good night. Yeah, shout out to SNME Radio. Shout out to Kevin O'Leary for the theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>